from the Gospels. Um, I find the words of Jesus as recorded in the Gospels sometimes both enlightening, helpful uh, and downright annoying. Um, and some of them that I've got this morning uh, to share with you fall into the latter category. They're a bit annoying. Um, the, 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 the ones that get under my skin that make life difficult and the, the, the chapter in Matthew chapter 25 is the main culprit. And I, I kind of find myself drawn back to it time and time again. Um, and if you don't know it, um, it's the, the chapter that says, um, uh, people saying to, to Jesus, well, we never saw you sick or naked or hungry or thirsty or in prison. Or, and then Jesus says, well, whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. <coughs> Which I find really challenging. And that chapter comes before that's Matthew 25. It comes before Matthew 26. I've been to Bible college. I know these things. Um, and in chapter 26, we get, the, we get the phrase that Jesus says where he says, the poor will always be with you. Um, and it's a, it's a verse that is, I think, largely overlooked. I've, I've not heard lots and lots of messages using that as a reference. Um, and structurally, culturally, politically, the poor, the marginalised, those who fall through the cracks... Uh, and run out of possibilities, as Joe was talking about, those who run out of relationships to, to go to and people to ask, they're always going to be with us. And maybe at some point or other, we will find ourselves in one of those categories. There are those that work with government and other agencies, think tanks, to combat things like poverty, and that's desperately needed. And there are those who work face-to-face with the, the poor, the marginalised, the homeless, and aren't trying to fix the big macro situations, but rather they're dealing with the, the micro of the individual's life. And both are important and both are needed. So where does crossover fit into this? Is, is it mission work? Is it outreach? Is it a mercy ministry? Well, yeah, it's all of those things. Um, Current statistics would suggest that I think it's one in 79 people in Brighton and Hove are homeless, classed as homeless. Now that's um, street homeless, it's sofa surfing, hostels, precarious housing situations, all of that, which works out to about 3,500 people. One of the reasons Brighton has got such a high uh, uh, number of homeless, uh, a lot of people put down to it being the end of the train line from London. A lot of people end up in London. The homeless issue in London is huge. Um, and to go somewhere with the possibility of something a bit different, Brighton offers something different. And that is where ministries like Crossover encounter folk who've fallen into situations that usually are not of their choosing. There are one or two people that we come across who choose to live in a tent who choose to sleep rough. There's a guy called Andy, who's a guerrilla gardener. Um, he's a horticulturalist. Um, he sings in the... Um, oh, there's a community choir in, uh, in Brighton. I can't remember what it's called. Um, he was performing in the Dome the other week. Um, yet he chooses to sleep in a tent and live rough. He'll sometimes tell me of the roundabouts that he's working on to plant wildflowers. Um, He tells me about the vegetables he's growing in places in Brighton that no one knows about. And he'll come up and he'll speak German to our German staff members who work with us. And he'll talk of books that he's read and places he's visited and people he's met. Fascinating character. 
So some people are choosing a lifestyle, but others end up thrust into it. Um, Over a number of years, I've been involved in ministry and mission since uh, 1995. Since 1995 to today, I've lived in different countries. I've worked with different people. I've worked for churches, mission organisations. And one of the things I've found as someone who's a, in inverted commas, full-time Christian, is that some people don't think that some of the things that the full-time Christians do are possible for just anyone to do. I'm not sure if that's a, uh, a reflection that you might come, come up with as well, Simon, that <clears throat> there seems to be a bit of a, oh, full-time in the church, I'm just a member of the church. There's a, a little bit sometimes of a, of a distinction. Um, I know this because I've spoken to some friends of ours who've communicated some things similar to us. But when it comes to something like crossover, this is a, um, this is a very easy very simple way to get involved in making a difference in someone's life. And I'd just like to say, I'm not expecting everyone to sign up to volunteer, by the way. But everything that we do is crossover. You do. You can all probably make a tea or a coffee. You can all crack an egg. You can all talk to someone. But everything we do, it's really simple. It's really straightforward. This is the least rocket science part of Christian ministry that there possibly is. Jesus said the poor will always be with you. And in that quote, he goes on to say uh, that he won't always be with them. This is the pre-crucifixion passages in uh, in Matthew. And there's something about what Jesus says there that is to do with living in the moment. It's to do with um, expressing gratitude and appreciation. um, That in this particular instance, this perfume that was poured out over Jesus' feet as an expression of love and care and uh, um, and, and just a heartfelt response to who he was. It, it, it's something that we can all learn from, to, to live in the moment and to respond to Jesus as we find him in our day-to-day. And Jesus goes on to say that, that the poor will be with you always. And for those who heard him speak, they would have known that that, that phrase is part of a quote from a passage in, in Deuteronomy, which says, there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. If you read back through the Old Testament, you'll see that the structures were set in place to minimise suffering, to minimise poverty, to minimise slavery. It was a, a community that was set aside to demonstrate something of God's heart towards each other. And it would seem that Jesus recognises the need to hold intention, the ability to live in the moment with whatever you have and to remember and acknowledge those who are around you and yet live a very different reality. So that's where we're going to finish today. And let me leave you with a couple of questions or a question. How will you react next time you see someone that asks you for some loose change when you're walking down the street? What will be your response to someone sitting on a sleeping bag in a shop doorway? Our Christian faith has to respond to questions of poverty. And our Christian faith has to be demonstrated. Thank you for having us this morning. It's been a treat to be with you.